When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In your baseball life. From the Jethro's Barbecue Studios, where every Tuesday buy 10 wings, get 10 wings free. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. For 75 years, NCMIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. So we take you up until noon. Trench play of the day. Circus Sports sponsors it. It comes your way here, oh, 50 minutes or thereabouts from right now. Bottom of the hour, Heartland College Sports. Matt Postens will join us. We will talk some Big 12 with Matt Postens. Right now, Mitch Sherman, uh, one of our many friends at The Athletic. He wrote State of the Program for Nebraska that came back uh, late April. Uh, and then a, another one this past weekend that was published on the Minnesota Gophers, and Mitch joins us. Mitch, Trenton, Ken, it's a great time of year as we reacquaint ourselves with college football, and outlets such as yours at The Athletic are, are a great tool uh, for us. How are you, Mitch Sherman? I am well. I'm immersed in college baseball right now. Ah. But uh, you're right. It is, it is uh, fast approaching college football. I don't know how to figure it out when the uh, when this college world series is over uh, this weekend or early next week, but yes, I have been uh, I have been writing about Nebraska, of course, which is my normal assignment, and then uh, made a trip to Minneapolis a couple weeks ago to see PJ Fleck and the Gophers, and had a story out Sunday all about uh, all about Minnesota. Well, before we get into the football, let's talk a little bit about the College World Series. I mentioned at the top of the show today, I've seen so many friends uh, on Facebook that have taken their kids over for an afternoon, quick drive over a couple hours, and you're sitting there at the I'm stadium. Waiting. I'm still waiting for you to, to see you here. I've been, <laughs> we've been talking about it for years. I know. I'm, I'm, being, I'm patient with you. Yes, absolutely. Well, well, we'll get over there very, very soon. It's definitely on the bucket list. What the environment's been like, and of course, all the SEC schools there, the Big 12 schools that'll soon to be, of course, SEC schools. And then get Notre Dame, what that's been like here, and kind of getting a little new blood there at the College World Series. Yeah, it's been 20 years for Notre Dame wow. since uh, the, the Irish were here. Uh, with Paul Maneri as coach, who, who's now retired after winning a uh, national championship at LSU. So interesting, for sure, to have the Irish. And it's like a... You know, it's like a blue blood of, of college baseball. I mean, even though blue blood of college athletics, I guess I should say, in that there are the six teams connected to the SEC, including Texas and Oklahoma, who are soon to be bolting from the Big 12, four current members of the SEC, and then Notre Dame and Stanford. Stanford and Texas, first two teams out, I think that, you know, that that's um, <laughs> that's interesting. Uh, when you consider the, the the athletic departments at work there, and you know, they've got more resources than just about anybody, even among the blue bloods. But as far as Notre Dame, yeah, I mean it's a it's a different look geographically for what you normally see at the College World Series. But this is a solid Notre Dame team. 
um, beat Texas in the opener and then lost Texas A&M. So, um, I'm sorry, lost to Oklahoma. So the, the Irish will be playing Texas A&M today in an elimination game. Um, but uh, this is a Notre Dame team that knocked off Tennessee uh, in the Super Regional. And Tennessee was the, the clear-cut favorite um, to win the national championship going into the, into the NCAA postseason. So no Vols. Uh, we get the Irish instead, and still dominated by the SEC. Hmm. Is there a fan base that, that has made their way to Omaha either this year or you know over the past couple of years, and they're back again? As far as just the sheer amount of people that follow their program, that uh, you know never ceases to amaze you, or surprises you that this many people from X school uh, support their program the way they do. Well, I don't know if it's surprising because the College World Series has been in Omaha for seventy plus years, so these fan bases. That and I have not been around, been around for all of those, but right. I've been around for the last the last uh, quarter of a century uh, covering these things, or, or right around that time. And the, so, so if you, when you get an LSU or a Mississippi State or Texas in, in the case this year, and, and and those schools come with thousands of people, it, it is not surprising. Um, it, it, it's always it's always you know met with some awe, um, but you know it's going to come. Um, and most of the SEC programs do that. I would say Ole Miss, Ar- Arkansas certainly, you know, in part because of the the proximity. You know, Arkansas fans can get in a car and be in Omaha in, in six or seven hours. So, you know, they come in mass. Oklahoma, similar situation this year. I, I think with the Sooners being 2-0 and and one win away from the championship series, if, if Oklahoma wins on Wednesday and, and pushes into the into the best of three finals, you're going to see an influx of, of Oklahoma fans. They're going to be trying to pull off that uh, never-before-done, I believe, softball, uh, baseball, uh, double. So that that's that's pretty cool um, if Oklahoma gets the chance to do that. So, and, and, you know, Arkansas is still alive, but uh, all, really all of those A&M, same way. You know, huge fan base, so you're going to have a lot of people who end up making it to Omaha. Well, let's go from a, a big event, certainly in the state of Nebraska, to the biggest event seven times a year, and that is Nebraska football. Cornhuskers, 3-9 and nine a season ago, so many close losses, and it's been said, the 2021 Cornhuskers, the best three-win team in college football history. Not good enough, though. Need to be better than that. An off-season of transition. New coaches coming in, a new quarterback, and a lot of transfers. How would you rate the off-season for Scott, Ross, for Scott Frost and company as they get ready for 2022? Yeah, I saw a reference the other day that Arizona was the best one-wing team in college football <laughs> last year. So Nebraska as, as a 3-9 and nine team, it's, it's, it's a similar situation. You don't want to be the best 3-9 and nine team in college football history. I don't know if that was Nebraska. Honestly, I think like if you continue to find ways to lose close games and Nebraska was, uh, was Oh, and eight in one score loss in one score games and Oh, and nine in, in the single digit, uh, determined game. That's, that's not really, it's not really a good thing. I mean, that means, that means you are, you are continuing to kind of do that to yourself. Um, and you know, we saw that throughout the year for the Huskers capped by that Iowa game where it just all fell apart in the fourth quarter. That was the story of Nebraska season. The story of the offseason has been changed. Uh, it started, well, before the Wisconsin and Iowa games in November when Scott Frost got rid of four offensive assistant coaches and 
a defensive assistant, then left after the season. So five new assistant coaches on the staff, including four on the offensive side, a new coordinator, and Mark Whipple, who came from Pitt and is bringing his offense that produced a Heisman Trophy finalist and the Blitnikoff Award winner last season. So that's enticing for Nebraska. Interesting um, to see this offseason and, and early in, in the fall how Scott Frost uh, is it, going to work, uh, no longer being the play caller. Whipple will call the plays. What's Frost's influence going to be on the offense? You know, right now it looks like um, a lot of the run game is orchestrated by Frost, and he's bringing back some of the things that he did that were innovative from his time as a coordinator at Oregon. So I, I, it's, it's, uh, it's yet to be determined how that meshes with what Whipple wants to do. So that's storyline story number one of the offseason change. And then number two is all of the transfers. Fifteen Division One transfers for Nebraska, um, all expecting to come in and play important roles. You know, that can't happen. You're not going to go 15-15 on transfers. But the Huskers need to go like 10 of 15. I mean, they really need to, need to hit it uh, big with these newcomers uh, in order to replace the uh, the departures both to the NFL and um, to other colleges via the via the portal in order to to improve on the overall talent level of, of 2021 team into 2022 and, and as you mentioned the quarterback Casey Thompson expected to be that guy uh, from Texas he uh, you know holds a lot of the cards in his hands. Well, the crossovers, they get uh, Indiana at home at Rutgers, and they've got to go to Ann Arbor, and Ann Arbor, of course, Michigan, uh, the defending uh, Big Ten ch- uh, champion, so, so we'll see. Uh, it, it certainly seems like, no, let me ask you, does it feel like this has to be a get-back-to-a-bull-game for Scott Frost, or Trev Alberts is going to have to go in a different direction? I mean, sooner or later, that has to happen if it keeps going the way it has. Yes, uh, I... <laughs> That's as, that's as uh, directly as I can answer that question. There is no future uh, for this program with Scott Frost, in my opinion, if Nebraska is at home in December with the sixth consecutive losing season. You've got to be 500. You've got to, you've got to be 500 and preferably uh, over, that, over that bar. But that's the minimum. And, and, and there are some different parameters in play this year for the first time. Uh, you, you know, he's got to buy out to be cut in half on October 1st. You know, that's whether they're winning or not. That's just that's just the reality. That's the restructured contract that he agreed to last season in, in, in getting another year. So his buyout goes down um, on the date of the fifth game of the season. That's the Indiana game at home. And his salary is uh, – they're cutting a million dollars off of his salary this year. Uh, he can get that back, and he can get, uh, he can get his, his contract extended if they meet some metrics that have been agreed to between Trev Alberts, the AD, and Frost. Um, we don't know exactly what those metrics are, but uh, they're they're buried somewhere in uh, in documentation. They exist. There's numbers there. Are they wins? Is it? I don't know what else it could be besides win totals. So there's a lot going on. And the bottom line is yes, they 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 cannot have another. We look at the division as a whole, and maybe one of the final go-arounds as a division as we look to the future of the Big Ten and the potential divisions going away. Wisconsin certainly has been the heavy head, but last two years, 4-3 and three in 2020, 9-4 last season, 8-4 and four in the regular season. They're the behemoth, if you will, in the West, but how big do you think the gap is between Wisconsin and any, everybody else in this division at this point? Uh, it's it's minimal um i'm not even sure if there is a gap i i think from a 
from the standpoint of uh, overall consistency and success and winning ways and winning the division, um, yes, that Wisconsin is at the top. But if, if you want to break it down on all of the attributes of the programs, uh, I, I don't think there's much of a gap at all between Wisconsin and Iowa. And, and then certainly Minnesota uh, with an 11-win season and a 9-win season in the last two full years of competition. Um, I'm going to throw out 2020 in that conversation because Minnesota was so damaged uh, by the pandemic. But in 2019, 11 wins. Mm-hmm. 2021, 9 wins. What uh, called a failure with those 9 wins uh, because of the way some of the close games went. Uh, at that that Minnesota program is is you know maybe maybe it's under the radar a bit you know maybe people uh, are overlooking Minnesota but I I, I don't think that they should be um, and, and I would certainly put the Gophers um, right there behind Iowa in, in being the top uh, challengers for you know what it whatever Wisconsin has left in its supremacy over the rest of the, of the division I couldn't agree with you more I really could Mitch I. You know, I read your piece. I love, like I said, I love reading these things and, and just it jogs memories, right? As you move from football to basketball, dot, 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 and what we do. Uh, but this Minnesota team, PJ Fleck, you go back to 2019. They were unbeaten before. Who, who knocked them off, Trent, before they got to Iowa? Was Iowa first? Iowa knocked them off. Iowa knocked them off, and yeah, then they yeah. lost the next week as well. Um, their quarterback is, I mean, he's still there for crying out loud. Yeah, he's got to be 30. He, he has to be. He looks like it. Um, but the offensive line, you had, they had to rebuild it. They went to the transfer portal people want to play for pj fleck i don't know if it's nil or what it is but he has rebuilt this program i think they're a big factor this year i really do mitch um ibrahim uh, obviously pressures on him to bounce back from that achilles uh ruptured achilles that ended his year in week number one uh they lose a couple of running backs because he's coming back they're a pain in the you know what they they can win the west in my opinion absolutely and, and, you know, Minnesota had a great defense last year. There's key pieces missing from that defense this year, but they, they'll, they'll continue to rebuild in the way that they have for five years under P.J. Fleck and with Joe Rossi as defensive coordinator. This is a proven system now. You know, it's like uh, Wisconsin or Iowa and the way that they rebuild and just plug pieces in on the offensive line or a running back. Um, Minnesota is, is, is quietly doing that with the way that it plays defense. And so I wouldn't expect a huge step to be taken back uh, by the Gophers on that side of the ball. And, you know, the offense was the problem a year ago. Fleck made a change at, at coordinator. He's gone back to Kirk Shiraka, mm-hmm. uh, who took a year and went to Penn State and then was at West Virginia as an analyst last year. You know, this is his guy. This is Fleck's guy mm-hmm. from way back in the Western Michigan days. He's the one who orchestrated that outstanding offense where you had two 1,000-yard receivers for the first time in Big Ten history. Uh, in, in 2019, and Rashad Bateman and Tyler Johnson, you know, those guys are gone, but Chris Ottman-Bell is a talented guy. They have a talented um, tight end. They have other talented young receivers that they've added through the transfer portal. Um, I would not sleep at all on this Minnesota offense because if Tanner Morgan is a six-year senior at quarterback because if Chris Ottman-Bell is a six-year senior at running back, um, Ibrahim coming off the injury, as you mentioned, Ken, is a six-year senior at running back, and they have the anchor of their offensive line back from what was an outstanding line a year ago, replacing four starters. But right in the middle, John Michael mm-hmm. Smith is another six-year senior uh, to be the leader of this thing. You know, he's a Remington Award uh, favorite going into the 2022 season. So the pieces are really there. They, they call those guys the encore for um, those four six-year seniors. And I, I think they're going to take the Minnesota offense 
um, to a significantly higher level than what we saw in 2021 out of that group. Well, it is Minnesota sports, and it always seems <laughs> yeah. like the sky is falling uh, when you're talking about it as a whole. If Phil Fleck has one of those breakthrough seasons, he goes 10-2, and two, gets them to the Big Ten championship game, they give the Buckeyes a tussle. Is he looking around? He just, I don't know, on the surface he has that feeling of maybe looking and seeing what other big program might be out there. Could you see that happen with P.J.? I could see anything happening. Yeah, I mean, you know, he just he just re-upped, extended his deal, and that's totally standard for a guy who's had some success after a nine-win season. You know, you're an athletic director; you're going to want to do that with your coach. Um, it's it's a it's a little bit different dynamic, I would say, with PJ Fleck than it is, let's say, if you know Michigan State or um, you know, like like with James Franklin, for instance, at Penn State. You know, he was a candidate or appeared to be a candidate at USC and some other places. In Penn State, had some struggles toward the end of last season. That, that maybe made him a little bit less attractive. But uh, with Fleck, I think it's always somewhat different because there is that quirkiness to him that, that there's a certain, um, there's a certain something about PJ Fleck that rubs some people the wrong way. Yep. Um, and you know, they say it when you're there in Minneapolis, they, they, they say it, look, this is not for everybody. You know, the way that, that, that he builds a program, it's not going to appeal to every level of recruit and every kind of transfer or player or assistant coach or, or, or even I think every kind of fan. Um, although the fans will take the winning, you'll take 11 wins. You'll take you'll take nine wins in the season. I, if you did like a blind case test um, with, and you put Minnesota and you just laid out the characteristics of the program, you know, play solid defense. They're great at the line of scrimmage. They run the ball well. They've had good receivers. Um, they don't make mistakes to beat themselves. And, and, and you just didn't, you didn't tell fans of other programs in the Big Ten West like who you were talking about. I, I think in a heartbeat, most people would take that. And then you pull off the. Um, the you know the cover and you say okay this is Minnesota and PJ Fleck and people go oh I, you know I don't I don't I don't I don't like that guy but it, you know if you're Minnesota you do and I think at some point yes if he continues to win um, that's going to appeal to some program out there it might not be you know Michigan or USC or or or, or a, a, you know the, one of the traditional powers in college football but there probably is a place for him to go if he chooses to do it and he may not he may choose to just stay at Minnesota and try to win a Big Ten championship or or even more, um, but there, I think there would be a place for him to move up that would be um, a step higher on the college football hierarchy. Mitch Sherman from The Athletic. Uh, we are big fans. We're both subscribers, Mitch Sherman, and thank you for what you and your colleagues do. It's a, it's a great primer as we enter our way uh, to college football season. Enjoy the College World Series in downtown Omaha. We appreciate you coming on. Thank you, Mitch. We'll talk to you in the weeks ahead. You bet. Thanks for having me, guys. Yep, we sure appreciate it. Mitch Sherman, uh, as we catch up on a couple of the teams uh, in the Big Ten. You buying Minnesota like I, I am? I am. I've already fired at them when they were 9-1. to one. I've seen a couple nine of places. 9-1 to, to what? To win, to win the, the Big, division. To, to win the Big Ten West, they're 9-1? They were 9-1. to one. No longer. 6-1. to one guess. Now. Yeah. You've got to jump aboard those things right away when they come out. Wow. Where was that at? FanDuel. They were the first ones that I saw the division odds. So, yeah, jumped aboard on that. I, so who else adjusted? Do you remember? Uh, I, mean, I was came also down, gone down. They went up? Who yeah. went up? Uh, not a whole lot of movement. Okay. Basically, I think they took a little Iowa money and quite a bit of Minnesota money. That was kind of the biggest adjustments that I saw, both government the other way. Wisconsin's still the betting favorite. Nebraska's still up there. Mm-hmm. What would it take for you to buy Nebraska? It's not just going to be 7-5 and five good. They're gonna be nine and three. No, there's no way in hell. You just can't see. No, there's it. no way. Have you seen? Have you seen November? Do we have time for this? Yeah, yeah. we do. Right. It's, it's after all, Trent. It's our show. <laughs> we got as much time as we need. All right. So here's till noon. 
till noon, right. Here's November for, for Nebraska. Uh, home to Minnesota. Mm-hmm. We both think they're going to be good. Yes. At Michigan. Okay. Home to Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. At Iowa. Outside of the Michigan game, what scares you? Well, they can't beat Iowa. Can't they? Well, they haven't. They've been on the precipice. They've been, but they still have times. They still haven't broken through. One break. That's all they need. One break. All right. Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Senior day. You think Wisconsin's good? They're going no, the wrong way. You know what, Trent? We were. When were we at Big Ten media days? Was it two years ago or three years? Three ago? Three years ago. No. That was too long ago. Yes. Um, we both hardly talked about Wisconsin, mm-hmm. and they ran away with the division, right? We talked about every, made a case for the other six, uh, but barely a whisper about Wisconsin. They're still Wisconsin. Four uh, years now since that great start by Paul Christ, culminating with the 13-1 season of 2017. They've gone 8-5, 10-4, 4-3, 9-4. Mm-hmm. Only one 20, top 25 finish the last four years. Um. They're still Wisconsin. I don't think they're head and shoulders above right. anybody. I and don't. maybe because of Iowa's struggles against them, mm-hmm. maybe that elevates them a little bit in our minds. But that's a program overall maybe teetering the other way. I think it's a th- – do do I'll, I'll put it this way. Do you think Iowa, Wisconsin, and Minnesota are all better than Nebraska? Yes. I do too. So then you got to deal with the others, right? Is and Nebraska it, can't lose stupid games. No more losing to Northwestern no. or Illinois. Mm-hmm. Or you have to beat Indiana. They have to, have to win in Dublin. Yeah, right. they have to win in Dublin. How ugly is that? Oh gonna be my if they god! Lose that how, one? How, how, you know what? It was one thing for their fans to go to Champaign and drive across <laughs> right. Iowa to get home, <laughs> right? And that had to be just painful. Can you imagine getting on a plane or two, <laughs> and that long plane ride? Mm. And you just like you were so pumped up. This is the year. You bought a big ticket on them. You crossed into Iowa. Council Bluffs, one of those spots. You made your play. They're going to win it all. And you're already zero and one, and it's not even week one. It's still week zero. And you just got beat by Northwestern. Ooh, brutal. Big 12 conversation next. Before that time, for another $1,000 home run, go to KXNO.com. Enter this nationwide keyword, grand. Grand at KXNO.com. Your chance to win $1,000. Grand for a grand at KXNO.com. Victory Mounds is your ace when it comes to premium baseball and softball products and services. Utilizing our vast game and industry expertise, we sell portable pitching mounds, field equipment, and field products that we trust, use, and have used when coaching or playing. But that's not all. Victory Mounds Field Consulting Services can help you improve the quality and playability of your field. Craig Allison has years of experience in the mound business and is Victory Mounds National Sales Executive. While Mike Donahoe is in charge of field equipment and products. Visit VictoryMounds.com to see what Victory Mounds can do for you. (laughs) The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rake. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circus Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircusSports.com. Trent Condon here for the Grumpy Goat Tavern. Sometimes after arguing with Ken on the radio show, I just need a beer. Or after a long night of calling a game, I just need a beer. My favorite place to stop is the Grumpy Goat Tavern. With two locations in West Des Moines and First Street in Ankeny, where I can stop and grab that cold one. And they have over 50 beers on tap. Of course, my favorites, the domestics, but... 
If you're more adventurous, they have you covered. And it's not just drinks. The Grumpy Goat Tavern takes bar food to a new level. I'll see you next time at the Grumpy Goat Tavern. Rush on your side. Now back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Just past 1130 here on a Tuesday. Again, the keyword for this hour, if you missed it, KXNO.com, grand. Grand is the keyword for the 11 o'clock hour. Murph and Andy have the next set coming up uh, at 1. Well, speaking of coming up, we just talked some Big Ten. Let's do likewise with the Big 12. He's back with us. You're going to hear a lot of them. We're grateful uh, that he finds time for us here. Heartland College Sports is where Matt Poston's. Well, you can read him a lot of places, but um, the Big 12 at Heartland College Sports. Matt, as always, thank you for coming back on. Uh, Trent and Ken here in Des Moines. want to pick your brain a little bit because I'm starting to feel I'm starting to get a little... Uh, I um, feel a little dangerous with my knowledge here of these Big 12 schools. I, I love all the, you know, the state of the programs when Phil Steele comes out, uh, publications such as what you guys do over uh, at Heartland College Sports, when you just reacquaint yourself with some of these schools. Where I've landed, I don't think they can win, but I think they're going to be way better than most people think they are. And that's on West Virginia. I like this team, Matt Postens, on the surface uh, am I crazy to think that maybe JT Daniels and uh, they got a good defense coming back? Maybe this is a dark horse contender in the Big Twelve. Well, I think they certainly have that kind of a feel, and I, I think JT Daniels certainly has the ability to elevate them offensively. Which I, I think, if you look back at last year's team, that's something that they you know, definitely need. Um, yeah, you know, they don't have a lot of starters returning on defense, but they have a lot of talent in the pipeline. Um, but, you know, when you think about the fact that, you know, their entire starting offensive line is coming back, uh, that gives you a really good framework to start from from an offensive standpoint. So JT Daniels should have good protection. Uh, he should have good skill players to rely on. Uh, you know, in this conference, this year when you look at the quarterbacks, there's nobody that really kind of makes you go, wow, there's a, there's a Heisman candidate in there or somebody like that. I know they're talking to Dylan Gabriel a little bit, but, you know, Spencer Sanders is the most experienced quarterback in the conference, and you know Spencer's a solid quarterback, but he's not been, you know, productive like some of those other guys in the conference. So uh, JT Daniels to me is one of those quarterbacks that has a very high ceiling. In other words, he could be incredibly productive and make a big difference in terms of West Virginia's record, and make a big difference in terms of West Virginia's ability to influence the uh, conference race. Another intriguing team here of the off season is TCU. We in Iowa have obviously kept a close eye on Max Duggan, who's been really good. He's beaten Texas twice, and he's also had his struggles. But it's not just his job. He's battling with Chandler, Chandler Morris, who came in, lit on fire Baylor in that great game that they had last season, had 531 yards of total offense in that one. First of all, TCU, with Sonny Dykes in your number one, an overview on the Horn Frogs. And secondly, who do you like to get that quarterback gig? Uh, I think they're going to start with Duggan at quarterback, mm-hmm. but I, I think he's going to have a short leash. Uh, I think one of the, the things that with Max the last couple of years has just been consistency. He'll have a great game like you talked about, and then he'll bounce back and, and kind of take a, a big step back. You know, Morris hasn't had a lot of opportunities to, to show himself, uh, but, you know, in, in the few opportunities he had last year, he threw for 717 yards, and three touchdowns, and no interceptions. So he avoided mistakes. Uh, which is something Duggan has struggled with. So, 
I think Geiks is probably going to start with the experienced hand, the more experienced hand. But I think as the season goes on, you could see them move Chandler Morris in there. I don't think they want to get into a quarterback timeshare situation, personally. Um, they they lost a great back to the transfer portal, yeah. uh, but they've got Kendry Miller. Uh, he's a guy that can really uh, do some good things for them in the backfield. Uh, they got Quentin Johnson coming back to uh, offensively wide receiver, one of the best wide receivers, not just in the Big 12, but a guy who could potentially produce like one of the best wide receivers in the country. I'm most interested to see what they're going to do on defense because obviously that was something that uh, Gary Patterson hung his hat on uh, for all for so long at TCU. They're going to stick with their current system defensively. They've got seven returning starters, so they could be better on def- on defense than I think some people might be, you know, giving them credit for. But you know, if you look at their offense and you look at the guys that are coming back, the only player they really lost was Zach Evans. So they've got a lot of experience on that offensive side of the football, and I think they're going to take very quickly to the system that Sonny Dykes brings in. Uh, you know, let's, let's stay on that theme of Gary Patterson and his defensive prowess. He's not going to Texas. I, I think he's, what, associate head coach over there? Um, obviously, you're going to pick his brain with his knowledge of, of scheming uh, Big 12 offenses, at least I would think. How big of a difference could Gary Patterson make uh, now that he's on Sarkeesian's staff? Oh, I think he could make a big difference. I mean, Pete Kwiatkowski is going to be the defensive coordinator. Uh, they're calling Patterson a special assistant. Um, this is a defense that lost a lot of returning starters. They won't, they've only got four returning starters coming back, but, you know, DeMarvian Overshone, Deshaun Jameson, uh, that gives you a real good, you know, building block to start from on that back line. And the thing that Gary was so good at at TCU was getting great play out of players that, you know, maybe, you know, some schools that overlooked or maybe that, you know, some scouts were overlooking, you know, he's going to have a lot of talent to help uh, Kwiatkowski, you know, boost at Texas. Um, you know, I expect him to, you know, maybe make that defense more aggressive. I expect him to help make that defense more productive. Uh, I think the thing that they have to get better at, which is what they really struggled with last year, was getting three and out stops in the second halves of games. If you look at that six game losing streak, there were really two things going on there. One, um, their offense couldn't sustain drives once they got big leads. And two, their defense could not get the offense off the field during that six-game losing streak. And that's something that TCU is very good at, was getting the offense off the field. I think that could be the, the biggest area where he makes an influence defensively uh, for that team. Baylor, the reigning champions in the Big 12, certainly have a lot coming back up front, both offensively and defensively. The question is, kind of those skill guys and the defensive backs along with it, what we're going to see out of that. Dylan Doyle leads the defense. They got an offensive line. Shapin, when he got action last year, quarterback, he was really mm-hmm. good. How good is this Baylor team? And Dave Aranda, what he has done very quickly, turning Baylor back into a power. Yeah, he's he's really done great work given, you know, he didn't inherit a, a, a train wreck or anything like that. But certainly when Matt Rule left, a lot of guys transferred out. Dave Aranda had to come put his imprint on the program. And I don't think anybody expected a Big 12 champion in two years. Um, you know, they don't have a lot of returning starters coming back on paper. But the fact that Blake Shapin beat out Jerry Bohannon for the starting job during spring camp, I think really tells you that, yeah, they've got a lot of confidence in Shapin and a lot of confidence in what they saw in the short sample size that they saw uh, at the end of the season. Um, I I like, you know, they've got some good transfers coming in. Dylan Doyle, the linebacker from Iowa, uh, <laughs> huge, yeah. uh, huge year for them. Um, 
it's going to be really interesting to see uh, how he, you know, moves into a, an even bigger role um, in that defense. And Connor Galvin, you know, their their great uh, left tackle, a guy I think is going to be playing in the NFL next year. He's going to be a real good backside protector to shape. And so I think Baylor is at the point. We're now going to see if they have a pipeline of talent. Uh, they had a lot of guys who stuck around an extra year who, uh, you know, used that COVID waiver to play for an extra year. Now they're, now they're relying on guys who didn't get as much playing time last year who were talented but uh, maybe didn't start. So now we're going to see how good a pipeline um, Baylor has created. And, and don't forget, you know, they they added Jackson Player from Tulsa, who was a, an all-conference player for the Golden Hurricane last year. So they've boosted their uh, their defense as well the transfer portal. Uh, they're leaving uh, sooner. We don't know the uh, the date they're going to move out of the conference. We think this is their last year, but they, I guess, could stay for a couple more. But the news, and I read it at Heartland College Sports. I hadn't seen this anywhere else uh, until I saw it uh, at your at your site. It sounds like the Red River rivalry will continue on. Oklahoma and Texas have been, um, I guess, promised, uh, guaranteed that they will continue to play each other on a yearly basis. Will the date remain the same? Will it still coincide with the uh, with the Texas State Fair? I mean, it almost has to, doesn't it, Matt? Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. I think it will. I mean, the SEC has that crossover rivalry game that they do in the two divisions. Now, they may not be in a divisional format when Texas and Oklahoma join, but, you know, they've always had that crossover uh, rival. I think, um, uh, for instance, I think Alabama's crossover rival is Tennessee, yep. you know, something yep. like that. So, you know, Texas and Oklahoma, obviously, they're going to play every year, and they're going to play you know, sometime during that weekend of the state fair, the, the weekend they play is usually the biggest weekend of the state fair. I can't imagine that date changing. I think the SEC gets that that's tradition, and they're not going to mess with that. So, I, I would imagine it'll be status quo as far as the game schedule. Uh, might get a later game time, maybe. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. Being in the SEC, yep. that'd be nice. Yep. Uh, I'm kind of tired of that game being at 11 a.m., <laughs> but uh, I don't see the date or or the location of that game changing anytime soon. Thinking of that one under the lights after a full oh day at the State Fair, slugging down beers oh. and eating corn dogs. Oh, boy, that could be uh, quite the scene. We'll get you out on this as we await the impending departure of those two programs. We saw the success at the Women's College World Series in softball. We're seeing it now in baseball. For the remaining members and the newbies coming in, how difficult do you think it is to still want to root for your conference mates? There's a lot of that beating your chest about your conference, but... Knowing that they're departing, how difficult do you think it is for fan bases across the Big 12? I think it's probably somewhat difficult. I mean, you know, Texas and Oklahoma are traditionally really good softball and baseball programs. So them both reaching the College World Series is not an unexpected thing. That's something they tend to do on a regular basis. So, you know, I think fans of the other teams are probably keeping an eye on it, but I don't think they're obviously living or dying on uh, you know, whether or not Oklahoma wins the World Series in Omaha this week. I really think that whole conference camaraderie thing becomes a bigger thing uh, when it comes to college football. And even I'm like, you know, you, know you, you want your conference to do well because when your conference does well, especially in the bowl system, you make more money that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you get a team in the college football playoff, your conference gets a bonus out of that. The farther your teams go in the NCAA tournament, you get more money in terms of the payout. So Kansas Reaching the national championship game and winning the national title helped the conference overall from a revenue standpoint. Same thing will be true if Oklahoma wins uh, on a on a smaller scale. So, 
you're thinking of it from the revenue benefit standpoint, but I think the general fans probably not, you know, going rah-rah Big 12 with Oklahoma <laughs> in the semifinals of the College World Series right now. I, I don't necessarily think they're rooting against them to lose unless maybe you're Oklahoma State, but I think uh, the the majority of the fan base is probably kind of ambivalent. Yeah, I think everybody across the uh, across the footprint of the conference that uh, horns down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but Oklahoma, man. Uh, college football yearbook not out yet. You make sure you let us know in advance when it's going to uh, hit. And uh, well, we may talk to you before that, Matt Postens, because we love relying on you uh, to help us out with the Big Twelve, Matt uh, Postens, uh, Heartland College Sports, amongst others. Matt, thank you for doing this for us. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Yep, good to talk to you. Matt Postens, as we catch up on the Big 12. want to remind you, there is a farmer's market going on right now. Nick Mick, NCMIC, uh, and Catch Des Moines asked us to promote these. The Capital Complex Farmer's Market uh, is going on until 1 o'clock every Tuesday through the 27th of September. And then tonight... In the heat, but uh, it'll go forward uh, in Johnson. Johnson Farmer's Market every Tuesday night through October the 11th at the Johnson Town Center. We'll be back with Trent's Play of the Day. It's 11.45 on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. You're looking for a drink, something great to eat, and you're looking for somewhere new. You're looking for your new favorite sports bar. Introducing you to Fat Charlie's. Urbanale's getting their own upscale sports tavern. This is what Fat Charlie's is going to have for you. Wall-to-wall TVs, fierce sports viewing, a great food menu, and a huge selection of beers. It's Fat Charlie's, coming soon. But.com. If you're thinking of incorporating or setting up an Iowa LLC, zoom right past LegalZoom and work with Rush Niggett, a Brick Gentry PC. He's set up an affordable online small business package that helps you decide whether to form a limited liability company LLC or a corporation. With Rush Niggett's help, it's easy to form your new small business. Rush Niggett, a business lawyer with Brick Gentry Law PC. Go to RushOnBusiness.com. It's good to have... Wolf Construction and Wolf Roofing are currently hiring. What makes Wolf Construction a better place to work is that when we think about developing the whole person is important, whether that person is a new carpenter labor on a job site or that person's a project accountant that works in the office. It doesn't matter who. It becomes more than just a job or a company you show up to. It becomes part of the Wolf family. Competitive pay, excellent benefits, and a $1,000 sign-on bonus. Apply today at wolfconstruction.net. Local farmers markets are back in 2022 in your community. Spend your lunch hour outside this summer shopping the Capitol Complex Farmers Market. Vendors will be selling locally grown vegetables, herbs, plants, berries, and eggs, as well as baked goods, baskets, and more. Visit from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Tuesdays through September 27th at the Capitol Complex. For more information on this Greater Des Moines event and others, visit catchdesmoines.com. This farmers market PSA is brought to you by. NCMIC. <laughs> the biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with 12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circus Sports with two ways to win and no rate. Circus Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circus Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with 12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas, play from anywhere. Visit CircusSports.com for details. Back to Miller and Condon on KXNO and Trent's Pick of the Day, presented by Circus Sports Iowa. 
All right, Miller and Condon, welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. I know you had uh, baseball, high school baseball duties last mm-hmm. night. Uh, before the hockey started, I was uh, on the Pirates and the Cubs. This kid that they called up the Pirates, kid by the name of O'Neill Cruz, if you haven't heard of him, you certainly will. He's a shortstop. And he's six foot seven. <laughs> the biggest shortstop, tallest shortstop to ever play the game. Um, Cal Ripken was six four. Troy Gloss began there. Remember Troy Gloss? Oh, I do, absolutely. Before he went to third base, he was about 6'4". Angels, this, Blue Jays. Yeah, yeah, Angels, Blue Jays. Had a nice career. Um, but this O'Neill Cruz, he fielded a ball in the hole at shortstop, threw across, obviously, the diamond to first base, 97 miles an hour. Woo. It was the fastest um, throw across the diamond clocked. I do that now, apparently. Um, but he can run like a deer. He's got power. He made a rookie mistake, tried to uh, stretch a double into a triple. But you know what? You're playing for the Pirates. Mm-hmm. Get the fans out of their seats. You know, he's, he's fun to watch. Um, if you haven't heard of him, you will. Are you betting on the Pirates over the Cubs tonight? Is that one of your plays? I have not. Caleb Killian, rough he last stinks. night. He stinks. He was awful. Yeah. Control, very yeah. much an issue yeah. for him. You can see why they weren't exactly rushing to get him yes, up here. Still I, need some yep. work. Down on the farm, it appears, to get that control. No, I will not be jumping in that one. It's uh, not a pitching matchup that certainly hits my fancy. I will be playing my Twins tonight, though. I'm going to lay it tonight with Minnesota against the Guardians. Savali's been a disappointment. Big curveball guy, and that curveball still loops in there, but it's been hanging out over the plate. His ERA approaching eight on the season. Give me Joe Ryan, uh, minus 130, uh, 155. Did he get beaten his first start back? He did, right? Ryan yes. off the IL yep. I thought, against Seattle? Uh, I can't remember what it was, yeah. but yeah, I faded him in that spot yep. as he was coming off of COVID and the COVID list there. So got the Twins for pick number one. Pick two, uh, we are going to go this time to another dog. Going, You know I love my dogs in baseball and, and got to do it seemingly all the time. Give me the Mets against your Quiddy. Uh, Williams gets a start for the Mets, plus 115. Not a huge money maker there on the plus money. Uh, Going to go that route. And one more favorite, finishing up with the Cardinals. Back to the well. Didn't get it done mm, last night. That was a good game last night. Chi-Chi Gonzalez is terrible. Uh-huh. He was collar- Against who? Uh, he, Flaherty will get oh, his second my. start. So Flaherty, probably not going to be opened up. What, 70, 75? Probably going to yeah. be the number for him. But looking at the Cardinals. So the Cardinals minus 130. The Twins also minus money tonight. And I will take the plus money with the Mets. My three baseball plays. One more. Bonus. College baseball, yes. Fade shot in Roberts Notre Dame, <laughs> Texas A and M plus the one fifteen. Can I try and entice you on one? What do you got? Kevin Gossman for the nope, Jays nope, has been nope, awful. He's nope. been terribly. He's been really bad. No, you're a fan. I I know when you do this. I've seen you do this no, too I've many times. I've watched him. He's he's been. What is he? He got shell. I don't think he made it out of. Uh, he got shelled the quite, last time out. In the time start before that, wasn't real long. He's not good, Trent. He's not pitching well. Dylan Cease for the White Sox? That's the problem. Me and Dylan Cease, we have a long history. Okay. And when I jump aboard with Dylan Cease, it goes poorly. Yeah. And when I bet on him, against him, I'm always on the wrong side, so I have learned to Austin's stay away. not been good. I'm telling you. White Sox plus money. The White Sox get plus money? You love your dogs. Give me the white side. Take a taste out of boy. Dylan Cease, you talked me I'll into it. I'll twist your arm. All right, don't have to twist anybody's arm to listen to Murph and Andy. They're coming up in an hour and five minutes. The birthday boy, Ross Peterson, HBD. Ross Peterson, he uh, will be here t- uh, today, I assume. 
uh, Fanatics at 3. And then, of course, tonight, Cyclone Insider Radio with a combination of any of the Tommy Birch, Randy Peterson, Travis Hines. But they'll be on the air at 6. Thanks for being with us. We're Miller and Condon weekdays, 10 to noon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3.